Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in the Pit Football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, former Pitt All America tight end from 2006 to 2009. I have alongside with me Bill Stahl, former Pitt quarterback, all Big East selection back in 2009 and jerry DePaulo, who covers the pit panthers currently guys how are you guys doing this afternoon well i'm all nothing you, you guy you're all, all american you're all big east i'm all nothing i'm just i'm just here i'm i'm all here i'll give you that <laughs> there you go that's what we need <laughs> we, need it. we, we need, need it jerry we need it uh hey bill, I'm doing great. bill uh yeah yeah how, how are you doing i know that um you had a a big announcement actually that just happened a couple of days ago Yes. Uh, first, extremely excited and very happy that I was able to make it uh, to the to our recording tonight. Uh, the last couple of days have been in the hospital, but in a good manner uh, with welcoming a beautiful, healthy baby girl to the world. Uh, super, super blessed and, you know, crazy timing. But hey, you know, great things are done when when the Lord wants them to be done. So, hey, uh, we're, we're rocking a podcast the first day we came home. So That is uh, unbelievable. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Unbelievable. Three kids now uh, for you. And that's just, that's unbelievable. And look, I'm, look, match, you're I'm already, matching you now, Dorn. Yeah. You're matching me and you're already getting back to work. Look, I mean, you don't <laughs> waste any time. So let's get into it. Right guys. So let's do the it. 2020, 2021 football season is here. Um, and and at, tomorrow night, I believe is probably the first game of the college football season. Um, this will come out Saturday. So that will be the actual first Saturday of college football this coming Saturday. So this podcast that you're listening to will, will be out then. Um, but the 2021 college football season is here. And we are here to bring you the insights, the 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 overlay, everything about pit football um, for you fans out there. And, you know, I know a lot of you yearn for some pit football coverage. So uh, Bill and Jerry and myself will will be the guys to deliver that to you. We'll bring you uh, inside the huddle. We'll bring you inside the locker room, inside the coach's den every single week uh, and get you prepared for the following game. So we are excited to be here. And 2021 season, it's a new year, new team. Um, we're all excited. And, you know, what? what is – if we had to wrap this up, Bill, if we had to wrap this in a bubble and if we're looking at the bubble from above, you know, what do you expect this pit football team to be this year as a whole? a few power words come to mind as consistency slash finish. You, we have to be consistent throughout the game, be consistent throughout the season and let's finish these friggin' games. We have to finish and close out and put the nail in the coffin. So to speak, come that fourth quarter, the same type of way that we did in 2009. Jerry, you cover these guys every day. You know, you're down you're down at the south side. You're at practice. You you talk to the coaches. Nar Narduzzi always gives you uh some hell every single week for, for some of the questions you ask. So you today, know from actually. Yeah, for a little bit today. So from <laughs> your from your outlook, what do you see this uh pit football season wrapping up as a whole? Well, well Bill's right. Um uh the finishing is a big thing. Last year they were six and five. If they had finished the Boston College game, you know, missed an extra point in overtime, in overtime, and they, you know, let NC State come back and score a late touchdown after Pitt had rallied to take the lead, you're talking eight and three. There's a big difference between eight and three and six and five. 
And they probably would have, you know, decided to go to a bowl game if they had finished eight and three last year. And it only took a, you know, a, a one or two plays from from being there. Uh, this team is very experienced, um, at least on offense. It is with fifth-year quarterback. Uh, the offensive line, you know, wasn't that great last year, but they're all back, which I think is good news, actually, because these guys look like they're a year bigger and a year stronger. Uh, I think I mentioned to Bill uh, recently that this Marcus Minor, the guy playing left guard, really looks like he's going to be a good player, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I think that this team has a tough schedule in October, but um, I'm, I'm thinking right now, even if they finish and if they're consistent, and their approach, I'm figuring no more than eight and no better than eight and four. Yeah, and and you bring up Marcus Minor, and I had the chance to to have him on my radio show because he's a guy who um, reached out to. Oh, he did an internship with the media department through Pitt, and then the media department through Pitt reached out to me and said that you know there's a guy who transferred in. He's looking to get into broadcasting whenever he's done playing. Um, he wants to be a you know a radio host, a TV host. So I was like, you know what? Hey, I have a solo show on 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 the fan this coming this coming uh, weekend. Why don't you just have him come on? And he came into studio and he sat with me for about an hour and we talked. And you know, just a very very bright kid. Um, don't know whenever he's going to hang up the cleats. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But he does have a, a very big future in front of him in broadcasting when he's done playing. But you bring him up about you know being a, a new piece to that puzzle. And, you know, he's a, he's a swing tackle. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He's he can play center if he right has now. to. He's playing left guard right now. So he's, he's starting a left man. guard. He, he really yeah. is a big man. You know? Yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's a big guy. He can move around. He's athletic. He has, uh, you know, some veteran savvy to him. So I think that, you know, he is a nice little addition to the puzzle for that offensive line that they're probably going to be looking for this year. And obviously, you know, we can't leave out the, the main piece. The main structure is uh, Kenny Pickett. I mean, you know, with – him coming back this year. I mean, just I, I remember the day that happened, Jerry. I mean, you you might remember it very very well. Whenever he announced it, he's like, "I'm coming back for next year." Everybody was like, "What? What? What? What's go- you're not going to go to the NFL? You're coming back?" Like, I mean, how unbelievable was that? Whenever he made that announcement on Twitter. Well, he he got some information, and he got some information from a quarterback who really knows something about quarterbacking. A guy named Peyton Manning, because uh, he's gone to Peyton Manning's camp the last couple of years, and then Manning told him through his contacts in the NFL. That hey, uh, Kenny, you're not going to be a really high pick in 2021, you know. I, you know, so all Kenny had to hear that. He said, "I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Pitt. I'm going to get schooled from Mark Whipple one more season. I'm going to get another year of experience under my belt. Get a year stronger, maybe a year faster. Put that ankle injury behind me, and uh, you know, maybe in 2022, 2022, uh, maybe he'll be a higher draft pick. And I think he will. I think he's going to be." I, I think if he had come out in 2021, he would have been around a fifth-round pick uh, and maybe even a free agent. But I think now, if he has a good season, I think I can, I can see him going third round maybe, uh, second, third round possibly. Uh, that's, just, that's a big if, having a, a good season. You know, Pitt hasn't had a 10-win season since you guys played. Is that right? That the last time they – you guys won 10 games in 2008, I believe? 2009. Uh, do, sorry, 2009. 2009, yep. But um, – they they haven't even won nine games since then. Uh, Pat Narduzzi's best is eight. He's won eight three times, I think, which is fine. But uh, I think Pitt fans, and, and you guys can attest to this, they want to see Pitt take the next step. And right now, and they haven't been able to take the next step lately. Even when they won the ACC Coastal in, in, in 2018, they were 7-7. Seven and seven. They ended up losing their last three games of the season in a, in a horrible loss to, to uh, Stanford in the, in the bowl game. 
So, yeah, you know, I, I think they need to take that next step this year. And they, they believe they can do it. I mean, there's always a lot of optimism and optimism in August. You know, and nobody's played a game. Right, they right. We don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. But we'll see. You know, they, the schedule sets up nice. Uh, they have a chance to start 4-0. A pit team has never been undefeated in the, non, in the non-conference games. Uh, so they have a chance to be 4-0, maybe even 5-0, because I believe Georgia Tech is, is their first uh, league game. Uh, and then they got, they got a, a real gauntlet after that. Virginia Tech, uh, Miami, Clemson, and uh, North Carolina in five out of six weeks. It's going to be difficult once the season, the regular season hits. Yeah, but I'm I'm loving the fact that they can get some wins under under their belt. They can feel real good coming into that big conference game against Georgia Tech, and literally, you know, build up that momentum and start getting that steamroll effect coming downhill, and have that momentum literally coming into the ACC and hopefully make a big statement in that game. And I'm hoping Kenny doesn't even play the fourth quarter. That's like that's that's what I'm expecting coming into the ACC opener against Georgia Tech, molly whopping some teams. I mean, literally, we 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 have to get to that. Like we have to get the all, all things They're rolling. Put their foot down, you know. Yeah, right. that like we that's the mentality. I don't care how we do it, throw it, run it. It doesn't matter. Pit Pit fans just need some wins. We have to win the games that we're expected to win. And then be in the games that we're not expected to, so we have a chance at the end. Uh, and but I'm looking forward to. I, I like the fact of we can ease into that season and then you know start feeling good about ourselves with with some wins. I think it's only going to play to our benefit. Yeah, and you know what? It's not just about win the games that you're supposed to win. Like the games last year, like the NC State losing by one point, by uh, uh, the game last year, Boston College losing by one point. You're not only expect if you want to be taken serious, if you want to be taken serious in the ACC, you're not only expected to win the games you're supposed to win, but you're expected to dominate the games you're supposed to win. Those NC States, those Boston College, you should be beating those teams by three touchdowns. That's if you want to be taken serious. I mean, let's, yes. and, we, and we're going to and we're going to keep it real right now, right? If you want to be uh, taken serious as a as a legit Power Five, a legit school, as Pitt once was, and as Pitt, and we believe that they can be, believe in Pitt football. If you want to be taken serious, you have to dominate those games that you're supposed to win. The Georgia Techs, whenever you go to Virginia, whenever you play Virginia, you have to dominate the Syracuses. You have to dominate the non-conference schedule. That's the only way you'll be taken serious, and it, it, we're, we're yet to see that. And this might be the year that they get over that hump and start having that dominant performance that you know we we are hoping to see. The only problem with that, and it's it's a great uh, notion, uh, Doran. But the only problem with that is the ACC Coastal is more difficult than it's ever been. I believe you know Georgia Tech's going to come into that game. It's another home game, but I think it's a third year in a row they've played Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Um, but they, they're going to come in. They, you know, he had to, the, Jeff Collins had the little uh, thing with Narduzzi after the game last season. Right, right. You know, That's what I keep little, thinking little, of. Little scuffle near the end of the game, and he had kind of a, a, a cold handshake at the end. So he's going to, Collins is going to have his team ready. And mm-hmm. then, you know, North Carolina is very good. They got a guy, Sam Howell, quarterback, who could be the first round pick and first, first over pick in the NFL draft. They got to play Clemson. No, that, those games were at Heinz Field. And I understand that. But uh, and they got a, Miami, and that's at Heinz Field, and they have a great, another great quarterback in Derek King. Now Pitt has the same thing. Kenny Pickett, you know, 
should hold his own against any quarterback in, in this conference. Uh, I, I believe that, and I believe his leadership and his ability to, to, to throw the ball and read offenses or read defenses are going to serve him well this season. Um, but it's not going to be easy. You know, dominating these teams, maybe they should dominate the first four games or four, first four or five games, but after that, they're, they're going to be in a, in a dogfight right down to the end. Well, I'm I'm saying dominate the game, the teams they're supposed to beat. Like not 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 the North Carolinas, not the teams that it's going to be a great competition game. It's not. It's going to be a high level competition game. I'm saying the teams that you know, like I mean, come on, like we Bill, we lost to Boston or to to Bowling Green our our junior year. Like we were supposed First to go in there and year. dominate them, right? We yep. were supposed to go in there. Like th- those games is what what I'm really talking about. The 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 smaller schools that you need to go in there, and it's not just a tune up game, but you need to dominate those teams. Uh, you know, right now we will transition right into DePaul's uh, debriefs. Jerry, every week we'll bring you uh, a debrief of what he the sights and sounds of he's heard at practice, and this is a great opportunity for us to get some actual inside info, some quotes from some coaches, and. This is DePaul, DePaul's debrief, sorry. This is DePaul's debrief. And, uh, Jerry, what have you heard this week heading into uh, the first week of college football? Well, well Pat Narduzzi, you know, he, sometimes he likes to make a, a declarative statements. And he made a declarative statement the, yesterday about Keyshawn Camp, a defensive tackle uh, who's back this year, you know, uh, who's after having an injury-riddled uh, career uh, through, the last, through his first four years. Uh, he made a statement by, by saying – Keyshawn Camp is not going to be injured this year. He's going to be healthy all season. And that, that's nice to say, but you, you never know what's going to happen out on a football field. But Camp's having a good camp. And, you know, he's a, a deep tackle, and he's lining up next to Kalijah Cansey, a, a younger defensive tackle. And that defensive line actually looks pretty good with those two guys. Uh, Devin Danielson's there, too, the kid from Thomas Jefferson. And at the end, Habakkuk Baldonado, a uh, guy from Italy, actually, uh, big six foot five, two hundred sixty pound defensive end, a little thicker than Rashad Weaver was, but but two 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 hundred six six foot five, the kind of guy I can see him coming in and, and knocking down some passes. So that's one thing that Narduzzi said that really struck me. The other thing was this morning um, at uh, at practice. I said that uh, I sort of got Narduzzi a little angry with me this morning. He wasn't really mad, <laughs> but he's been. You know, Bill and I talked about this last week about the NCAA limiting schools do nine preseason padded practices. And first day of camp, I think it was back on, on August 11th, uh, Narduzzi made a point of saying that you know he didn't like it too much and, and the players were looking at him funny, like, why can't we go out there and put our pads on and hit? And so I asked him today, uh, I said, they, today was their seventh pa- padded practice. They have two next week. Uh, and I says, you know, is your team, you know, and I try to say it in a nice way, is your team going to be physical enough after only nine padded practices? Now, I don't know, when you guys were playing, you had padded practices almost every day. Is that right? Every single day. Right. Now, they, they had nine, you know, through the month of August, leading up to the opener on September 4th, uh, which is, I don't know, maybe 50% less than what, what they had uh, in, back in your day. And so I said to Narduzzi, are you going to be physical enough? So he looks at me, puts his head down, and just turns his head like this, and he says, come on, Jerry, you know better than that. And, you know, yeah, we're going to be physical, no doubt about it. He says the guys have taken advantage of their limited amount of, um, a little bit about of padded practices this month, and uh, they practice well. And, you know, we really can't, I, I have to take his word for it. All we do is see 
the calisthenics and the field goal kicking uh, and some individual drills, the defensive linemen doing some, some, some things. Yesterday or today I watched fumble recovery drill, and they recover fumbles really well when there's nobody around. Yeah. You know, but, um, so, you know, I got to take, take his word for it. But he did make a point, uh, another point of, of uh, this Izzy Abonaconda, the running back from uh, New York. Uh, they've talked about him, you know, actually since before the pandemic in, in spring of 2020, they had got to three spring practices before they had to shut things down. And Izzy was a freshman that year. He came, he graduated high school early and he came into spring ball that year. He had a one running play right up the middle. And again, it was not in pads and it was indoors. Uh, but he ran up the middle and, and a defensive, uh, back, I think it was a safety, had a nice angle on him and he just accelerated and ran past the kid. And, and, and that's something that uh, yeah, we haven't seen too much from Pittsburgh running game lately. And Izzy right now is number one in, in the running back, uh, de- running back depth chart, which makes a guy like Vincent Davis, who ran for 240-some yards against Georgia Tech last year, 1A. So they have a little depth at, at, at running back, and I think that's going to be important because they were too one-dimensional last year. Uh-huh. Uh, Kenny threw the ball nice, and Jordan Addison had a nice freshman season as, as a wide receiver. But they were too predictable. And, and now they, they can do some play action. They can do some different things. Lucas Kroll is, is, is uh, supposed to going to be healthy this year, which he wasn't last year, the tight end who transferred from Florida. And he transferred from Florida because he was behind Kyle Pitts, the number one draft pick who's now with the Falcons. Uh, and, and Kroll's a big guy. He's a six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound tight end. And you know, you know, Doran, how important having a tight end in the red zone is that at that size. Uh, so that that's been very very important to see him stay healthy. And he got hurt early last season. Made one catch and was done. And and it wasn't it wasn't a good situation. Yeah, and and you bring up the running back position. I mean, last year, like you said, nobody really took over the helm at that position. It was kind of running back by community. There was a bunch of them. There was Daniel Carter. There was the both the Davises. There was Todd Sibley. I mean, nobody really wanted to grasp that number one spot and take it over. And Abanacanda this year comes in what thirty pounds, twenty pounds heavier. I mean, he's looking like a Greek god. Um, obviously, still running fast too. Um, and you know, that, that kind of brings me back to whenever I came in my sophomore year, I put on about 15 pounds and was running in the four threes and then I get moved to linebacker. So, uh, good for him to be, uh, still on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and to be able hopefully to make an impact. So, um, no, that, that's, that's good stuff. This is, um, this is exactly what we need, you know, Jerry, for, you know, for this spot of the show is, uh, the debrief of what you've seen on in the sights and sounds. And I know it's tough, like you said, because you don't get to stay for the whole practice. They have a, Pitt has a rule where they don't let, uh, media. I'll say one thing for Todd Graham. He let us watch everything. Did he? What about once then? Even when they had the two days, we came, we got there in the morning, we came back at night, you know, I'll I'll give, I'll give him credit for at least that. But, you know, I, I understand coaches these days. Things have changed a lot in the last 10 years. And they're, they're, they like to keep things close to the vest, you know. Um, and, he want, and he has that, that – they have that lock the gates thing. They, 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 want, they, they don't want to let anybody in, don't let anybody out. And uh, it's a we, not me attitude they have there. So we're outsiders, you know, so I have to understand that. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. Now, he's a coach. He can run his program the way he sees fit. And he's a smart guy and he's a smart football coach. But it just makes it – little difficult to see what the team is going to do until they start playing games we have to wait a while on this team umass is first 
Tennessee is second. Now, that's done in Neyland Stadium with 102,000 people on hand. But Tennessee's not a very good team. So that's the kind. Those are the two games, plus Western Michigan and uh, New Hampshire after that. Those four games are the four you're talking about during the day should dominate. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to see them get that started. And, you know, September 4th is the first game and uh, it's at Heinz Field. First time fans will be able to really attend a game in over what a year, year or two. You know, I went to the games last year because I had to do some things on the side for uh, pit television. And it was just weird being in those stadiums by yourself. Like it was just weird being at Heinz Field and there was nobody there. It was like a glorified practice half the time. So it'll be exciting to see some fans there. Um, this, uh, not, not, not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday, um, uh, bill 40 and five, this segment is with bill stall 40 and five. Can you please explain to the listeners what 40 and five means every week? We'll do 40 and five with bill stall, Bill, what's 40 and five mean 40 and five means Dorn. Um, uh, it means a landmark. Uh, it, it means, it means trust. Uh, it, it's something that we used for, like I said, a landmark and a trust landmark more, more specifically. And what that, what that means is it was a landmark for our deep throw and more specifically our, our go route. Um, and the trust comes in to where I can trust my receiver, the one that I'm targeting, which back, back in our day was Baldwin on one side, you on the other side, Doran. And I, you guys could trust me to put the ball at 40 yards down the field, five yards from the sideline. And then I could trust you to be there and then go up and get it. So this segment, I'm finding someone with trust and a landmark that we can put our foot down and get to work. And that, that has to be Kenny Pickett. That has to be our, our guy, Kenny. And I, I know you got some questions for me on Kenny, but, um, Kenny is Kenny's going to have to step up this year, and he he knows he, he knows what he has to do. Uh, he, he's got to be healthy. He knows that. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to you know seeing Kenny uh, make that make that little jump from being a good quarterback throughout his career to taking advantage of this extra year of preparation, this extra off season with preparation to becoming a great. ACC first team all you know all conference type type quarterback which he has the ability to be yeah and 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 you know going into this season you know Kenny's third year with Mark Whipple um and Mark Whipple is the offensive coordinator for the Pitt football team Uh, you know what do you expect like how do you how do you see this offense going like I mean obviously it's going to go through Kenny it has to go through Kenny he's the veteran the fifth year uh guy here that is uh you know the guy getting all the NIL love, the guy getting all the sponsorships, um, you know, with great success comes great responsibility. So um, what do you expect and how do you expect this offense going forward? Like what, do, what should we expect? Probably not the first game, but probably the second game, whenever they travel to Tennessee, you know, a much bigger, bigger game that, uh, you know, the, the Panthers are going to have to play for. What do you expect this offense to be this year? I look for it to be a little bit more of a balance type of offense, not 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 a full 50-50, not a 60-40 to the running game. I'm talking more of that, you know, 60-40 to pass run aspect because there we, we now have a few X factors that I know a little bit about as far as having 
a, a running game, aka a running back who can run the ball downhill, aka Izzy. I think we may have found an found an X factor of that because establishing that downhill running game allows us to be able to use another X factor, which is going to be Lucas Kroll. I, I really think that having a downhill running game, you know, that that in between the hash mark aspect, and Doran, I know you know all about that because we were able to fake that handoff to Deion Lewis because they put eight, nine guys in the box thinking that we're going to run the rock. We line up in that running formation, fake the run, and now we have one-on-one mismatches, a.k.a. my one of my X factors for the season, Lucas Kroll. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's huge, you know, and, and Jerry, you brought him up. I mean, his size is just, you know, it's imposing. And, you know, hopefully, you know, last year he did get hurt, hurt his knee, um, but hopefully he can stay healthy this year because, I mean, like you said, 6'7", uh, about 260 pounds, uh, you know, can run pr- very well, is lanky, is long. Um, that that size has to be, you know, just such a big dominating factor for this offense, isn't it, Jerry? Well, he, he's been in the – he's big and he's physical and he's athletic, but he's been in the program for two years. He, I remember talking to him before the pandemic last year, before spring ball started. Uh, so he's a guy, you know, who hasn't played a lot of football, college football in his career. He was a baseball pitcher, actually, in a small college, I believe, in Missouri, uh, who could throw the ball pretty hard. Uh, but he decided to play football, and, and when, when he got behind Kyle Pitts at Florida, he decided to transfer to Pitt. Uh, but he's been in, the, in Mark Whipple's offense, and he's been working out with Kenny Pickett, you know, since January of, 20, of 2020. So there's no reason why he, he shouldn't, you know, be a really, really good tight end and, and a guy that, that Pickett can depend on in the red zone and elsewhere. But another player at, at that tight end position, and Pitt has really had a, a, a trouble filling that tight end position ever since Scott Orndorff left after this 2016 season. But another guy that they brought in is a guy named a freshman, Gavin Bartholomew. Who's another big guy, built kind of like like Crow, maybe not that big, and he's only a freshman. But uh, I, I remember talking to him one day, uh, what last week, and he's only a freshman, eighteen years old, maybe. He looks like a man, and he just has a look of an adult, of, of a guy that uh, can be an imposing figure on, on the football field. So they they really going to have some some options, and you you talk about having trust with, with between a quarterback and a wide receiver. I think. Uh, uh, Pickett's having trust with Jordan Addison. You know that that 40, 40 and five thing could be something that Pickett and Addison can work on too. And uh, and the other other guy is Taser Mack. When I think of Taser Mack, I think at a Penn State game up at, up at Beaver Stadium a few years ago, he made that acrobatic catch uh, down around the goal, the goal line where, you know, where he fell on his back and, and set up Pitt, Pitt, set Pitt up on the one yard line from whence they didn't score. Um, but, uh, but it was a very, very acrobatic catch. He made an acrobatic catch uh, to beat Eastern, Eastern Michigan, who they didn't dominate, by the way, but they beat uh, in, in the bowl game in, after the 2019 season. Uh, so, yeah, there's some, some weapons on offense. Izzy's going to be one of them. Vincent Davis is going to be another. But those wide receivers, uh, especially Mack and Shockey Jockowies and, and um, Addison, who was a freshman All-American last year, you know, the, the weapons are there. If the offensive line can protect Pickett and, and block for the running backs, there's no reason they shouldn't win at least eight games. Okay? So we'll see. 
Oh yeah, that's exciting. And, and you got to figure, you know, you have to have trust and, you know, Bill, you, you brought up a you know great point about when, back when we played just the, the, the areas of trust that you had, not just as your skill, not just from your skilled players, but from your offensive line and, you know, even the defense, even the defense, you know, we had trust of field position of making plays and getting, you know, off the field on, on certain downs and, and making sure that we were set up right in right spots. We had trust in our defense to make the plays that they were supposed to make, um, you know, every single game. And this defense as well, uh, you know, has some guys coming back, has some guys that left, um, some All-Americans that left, Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver. These guys are in the NFL now. Uh, Paris Ford, uh, he, he elected to forego the rest of the season last year and um, kind of stopped playing throughout the, the midway of the season. Um, yeah, and he, by the way, by the Rams just got, just got released by the Rams. So, um, DeMar Hamlin is another guy. So there, there, there is some spots to fill, but you know, as a defense, you know, how, how I, I, I believe that that's a strong suit still. I mean, you still have Charlie Partridge, who's a defensive line coach, one of the best D line coaches in the country. Um, you have some depth on D line, you have some depth at linebacker and you have some spots to fill at the back end, but it just seems like this defense could be shaping up uh pretty well for for this team depth wise they they seem to have uh you know another thing narduzzi talked about uh today was the depth they seem to have uh you know it's, it's easy to say in in preseason i guess but at linebacker they have six guys i think that could man all three of those positions they got cam bright at one of the outside linebacker spots to win the star position and john patrician behind him John Patricia was a star at Central Catholic a few years ago, went to Penn State as a safety, came back to Pitt as a safety, but as a transition into an outside linebacker. And then um, Servassier Dennis, uh, one thing Kenny Pickett said, I think it was yesterday, he said Dennis made a play on Pickett yesterday. Dennis is playing a lot of middle linebacker now instead of outside linebacker. Uh, But he made a play on Kenny Pickett uh, yesterday in practice that Pickett said no other guy on defense could have made. Uh, so it's one of those things where, where Dennis is always in the backfield, 14 and a half tackles for a loss last year. And he's uh, competing it with Wendell Davis, who started that started last season as a starter at middle linebacker uh, before, before he got hurt. But then you got Phil Campbell to third on, on the other side in the money position. Uh, and, and Dennis can move over there and play there too. So they've got five or six guys, at least, that they brag about anyway. They can play, they play the position. And even a cornerback, they have some depth, too. There's MJ Devonshire, kid from Aliquippa, uh, is, is transferred from Kentucky. He's having a great camp, from what we understand. And he's pushing Marquise Williams, who was last year's starter, for the starting position in one of the cornerback spots. And you got Damari Mathis back, who missed all, all that season with an injury. So there's, there's bodies. And we talked about the defensive line earlier. There's a lot of bodies and a lot of guys experienced bodies, too. Uh, I think there's 14 guys on the defense right now who made at least two multiple TFLs last year. That's pretty good. You know, that's a good, that's a good uh, basis to get started. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a, a veteran group of guys who, like, like you said, have been, been together for a while. They, they have depth. They have, you know, all those great things. We, we, we just got to be smart. You know, all, all those one-on-one pass interference things, you know, I understand, you know, it, it's a toss-up. It can go either way. But I'd like to see a little more help. Stop putting guys one-on-one on, on that island aspect because That's it's – defense. That's I, and and I, it drives me nuts as, as a quarterback because <laughs> third and long and you're still doing one-on-one sometimes – 
literally I'm, I see that as, as a mismatch because I take that as, as an advantage. It's, it's a, it's a two to one advantage. He's either going to catch it or it's going to be a pass interference. Right. That's, that's, that's to my gain and to the defense's gain. Okay. A drop, you know what I mean? So like, I, I'm just saying I'm not even going to think of throwing it deep one-on-one if there's help over top. The quarterback won't even won't even think of doing that. He'll go on to the, to the next read. So I there, there's ways that we can help him schematically. And, Jerry, you're right. It is his defense that hasn't changed. I asked Randy Bates about that on the first day of the media day a couple Fridays ago, and he sort of gave the indication that – they have been getting a little more safety help lately, and they are going to use more safety help. It's because of the way the game is these days. You know, it's an right. aerial game these days. Even when, since you guys played, which doesn't wasn't that long ago, it's more of an aerial game than it's ever ever has been. And, and, and I think if you're going to compete against some of these teams, some of these quarterbacks in the ACC, like King and Howe, in uh, the guy at Clemson, whose name I'm trying to learn how to pronounce. Um, but if you're going to compete against these guys, you know, you, you got to, you know, be a little diversify a little bit. Don't be so stubborn. You which know, pa- which is to recruit cornerbacks who thrive on being one on one, you know, monsters. I, I can take this guy one on one. Well, you know what? It doesn't always work that way. And, and I, I think that you might see more safety help for, for your cornerbacks this year in pitch defense. Which leads me to my next point. If you can get help with your front seven, why do we have to put guys on an island? Like if if you're getting pressure from your guys up front, you have depth, you have linebacker help. My goodness, let them go to work. Let those DNs tee off. Let let them stick, you know, get their put their shark fins up and go attack. You, you know what I mean? Like if you could get that pressure, then you don't have to put the pressure on the outside because you're getting the pressure you know, from your front seven. Now, obviously, schematically, you can mess with the, the offense and all that type of stuff, but uh, that's that's just where I'm at from a quarterback the standpoint. front seven to do that, Bill. It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, the, the first game is September 4th at 4 p.m. at Heinz Field against UMass. So that is the kickoff for the 2021 college football season for the Pitt Panthers. We're excited to get that started. We're excited to be able to bring you this show once a week. Um, Our shows will probably be out on Fridays uh, heading into the college football Saturdays. So you'll have something to listen to going to work, uh, coming home from work on Fridays and Saturday morning, whenever you prepare, whatever you're going to do for your college football Saturdays. Personally, nowadays, guys, like I, I know I have to do pregame shows at the stadium, but I'm more of a, hey, I'm going to throw something on a smoker. I'm going to stop at the the, the beverage center uh, on my way home from doing my show. I still have two hours till kickoff. Um, you know, I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch the game. You got the right idea, Doran. There you go. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not as, you know, what I don't know if I'd be there. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I will throw a party. Definitely. I know you have to go down and cover the game. You have to be there. That's right. Too bad. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe some other, maybe some other time. Clear head. Yeah, you gotta have a clear head. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just more. I'm just to the point now where you know what? I'd rather sit on my couch in front of my my TV and and enjoy that experience than heading into the game. But I am not taking that away from people who want to go to games this year because they weren't actually allowed to go to games last year. But that's just me. I'm I'm gonna be a little bit of a hybrid. I I gotta get some football. I I, I need to smell the grass a little bit. You know, the grass is always greener in Heinz Field, okay? So we need 
I need to smell that. I would love to step on it. I would love to feel it, maybe eat it. I don't know. Bring back those football days. Brett Favre used to eat it, so whatever. I love it. I'll do whatever Brett Favre did. Anyway, uh, I look forward to that, but there's just something about COVID brought us, I think, you know, togetherness. Maybe some people find, maybe bought a, bought a, a nicer couch, something more comfortable, and then Hey, I know my house, we've turned into a homebody and there's nothing like throwing on some football and having a few beverages of choice and throw some barbecue and, you know, get to work grubbing and, and watching some football. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. It's going to be an interesting season, you know, for, for all the teams in our area and especially for Pitt, because this is, face it, this is Pat Narduzzi's seventh season. Okay. Uh, there haven't been many, co- many coaches in Pitt history. Coach Longer, he's, he's, it'll be one season less than than Walt Harris had, and uh, how, how many did Wani had? Wani had six, right? Mm-hmm. Six. Like so he's he's one one year past Wani, uh, and you know, and a lot of Pitt fans are impatient. They they want to see some some better results. Seven eight wins is not going to cut it. Uh, it's a it's a tough schedule, and you know, if they win more than eight games this year, it'll be a really fine season, I believe. Because uh, that that would mean they would would have beaten one of those teams among Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. If they, could, they can win one of those four games at least, uh, and and win every and win all the rest, uh, even even if they're not do, you know, dominant scores, it'll be a heck of a season, and they'll go to a bowl game again. So, and they didn't go to one last year, and I think they want to get back to that, and even contend you know for the ACC Coastal Championship, which is going to be very difficult to win, like I said earlier with North Carolina and, and Miami looking to be the two best teams in the division. Well, that's it for this week's Believe in Pit Football podcast. I'm Doran Dickerson. For Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaulo, we'll see you next week on the Believe in Pit Football podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.